Bonjour, Guten Tag, Hola, Konnichiwa, Buna, and Hello, and welcome to the third episode of the Good Fight podcast. My name's Andrew. And I'm Simon. It's great to have you with us for our third study together. And we just want to thank everyone who has listened to the previous podcasts and as well as given us some very helpful feedback. I'm sure you're all surprised that we haven't gotten that sort of Ren Collective intro just yet, but we're going to hold on for a little bit more because I'm sure it's probably they've recorded it, but they've got a bad signal or they're out of 4G or something like that. So we'll just hopefully it'll be coming in the next few weeks or so. Uh, but never fear. I've, I've had an idea. I'm not too sure I should say this, but um, oh, do you know what? We're just going to go for it anyway. Um, Simon, how's that tin whistle been coming along? Do you know what? I've had a lot of mixed reviews, Andrew. Um, I was actually playing for yourself earlier on this week, and I think you hung up the phone when I was uh, trying to serenade you with some of my uh, tin whistling. That was a tunnel. Um, I, promise, rather, I promise it was a tunnel. Rather offended. I don't, I don't think so. Um, so mixed reviews, I'd say, but I'm very glad you've asked, to be honest. I have been waiting for the last three weeks uh, for my big break, and here it is. So I actually think I should perform the, the jingle or the intro for episode four. What do you think? Um, well, well, we'll put it to a vote anyway. We'll put it to a vote. Um, <laughs> well, after that news, I don't really know if we're going to double in our views for next week or possibly lose them all. I'm not too sure. A bit of a risk. But either way, you'll definitely want to tune in for next week's episode. That's for sure. Absolutely. Um, so what have you been up to this week? What's your what's your highlights been? It's good to be asked. Um, yeah, so I suppose this is my third week in isolation. Um and it's actually been it's been pretty good. Um, I think I've actually become more of an Amish this last week. Is my my conclusion right? Indeed. Um, so I've actually started to make my own bread yeast. <laughs> um, it's like a whole fad at the minute to make your own bread, and you don't even have to buy yeast now. So you, I'm trying to feed my yeast. It's called Yasmin. Uh, I've named it. I'm going to take it for walks. It's, it's quite exciting. <laughs> okay. I think I'm going to. <laughs> um, but also, more importantly, I've also been out in the sun and I've got a wee farmer's tan. So, two very exciting things. What about yourself? Well, first, before I say um, what my highlights, but I'm just checking. Is that head shave just yet? Just out of, just checking up from last week there. Yes, you can't. Can you see it? Um, <laughs> it's not shaved yet. No, no one actually responded to um, the comments. No one commented. No one messaged me. So I didn't feel encouraged enough to do it. That's a wasted opportunity. I mean, um, so I have to say, um, well, the, the good news is the hibernation has finally ended. That's the good thing. Although I have been a bit grumpy this week, so maybe I've just actually woken up too early from it. But either way, we're just going to have to persevere nonetheless and carry on. This is true. I woke you up from a, a nap uh, this afternoon, Karen, so you're maybe, um, Andre, sorry, you're maybe trying to um, recuperate yourself, try and rest up here. Uh, you're just lucky we're in self-isolation, right? Be over to that house, don't you worry about that. <laughs> okay, so we're going to move on to the Samiest Sam. I'm being Good Friday today uh, on the Good Fight podcast. We thought we'd share one of the most beautiful Psalms, actually one that Jesus quotes directly from the cross. It's Psalm 22. So wherever you are, take a seat, or maybe you're, wa- you're walking, maybe you're running. Um, enjoy the reading of God's word. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh, my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, but I find no rest. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. 
In you our fathers trusted, they trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried and were rescued. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by mankind and despised by the people. All who see me mock me, they make mouths at me, they wag their heads. He trusts in the Lord, let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, for he delights in him. Did you are he who took me from the womb. You made me trust you at your mother's breasts. On you was I cast from my birth, and from my mother's womb you have been my God. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, and there is none to help. Many bulls encompass me, strong bulls of Bashan surround me. They open wide their mouths at me, like a ravening and roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death, for dogs encompass me. A company of evildoers encircles me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among me, and for my clothing they cast lots. But you, O Lord, do not be far off. O you, my help, come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion. You have rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him and stand in awe of him. All you offspring of Israel, for he has not despised or bored the affliction of the afflicted. And he has not hidden his face from him, but has heard when he cried to him. From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will perform before those who fear him. The afflicted shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord. And all the families of the nations shall worship before you. For kingship belongs to the Lord. And he rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth eat and worship. Before him shall bow all who go down to the dust. Even the one who could not keep himself alive. Prosperity shall serve him. It shall be told of the Lord in the coming generation. They shall come and proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn, that he has done it. Well, thank you so much for that, um, Sam, there. Unfortunately, that's all we've got time for um, for this week's episode. So, no, I'm only kidding. Um, thank you very much for that, Sam. It, it's definitely very uh, applicable um, for this week, especially. Uh, now, I'm sure. Um, all of you, we're looking forward to the next installment of our study um, as we go through James. Um, however, we felt it was appropriate that um, since today is, of course, Good Friday, um, to speak about some of Jesus' cries from the cross. So without further ado, let's get stuck in. Let's set this scene. So imagine that it is Passover. And Passover is in full swing in the holy city of Jerusalem. The masses have gathered to celebrate the festival of unleavened bread. The Jews have all gathered together to remember the Passover lamb 
whose death pardoned their ancestors long ago when they were enslaved in Egypt before the angel of the Lord passed over them. A celebration really of the mercy of God and a reminder of the rescue for the firstborn that God provided. Jesus then enters riding into the city on a little colt. As he enters, his disciples and the crowds and the multitudes that had gathered start laying down their coats and palm leaves before him, shouting together, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. But we fast forward a few days, and right now, we join the scene on the Friday morning. But we're met with another cry. It pierces the air. It's no longer a cry of praise and adoration. No. It's of hatred. And we hear, crucify him, crucify him. He was beaten, spat on, whipped, which tore out pieces of his, of his own flesh. He was mocked. They put a purple robe on him. They twisted a crown of thorns and puff upon his head with the inscription, Hail, King of the Jews. They then stripped him off that robe and then led him out to be crucified. Crucifixion was one of the most agonizing and shameful forms of punishment ever devised. It was used by the Romans in the Roman Empire, and it was used specifically on the lowest of the low, the slaves and the criminals, which shows what they thought of Jesus. Mark's Gospel says that it was the third hour, um, and to translate into that into our time, that's 9 a.m. in the morning, when they crucified Jesus. Calvary, or Golgotha, which was the hill that where Jesus was crucified, it was in public view, so that everyone coming in and out of Jerusalem uh, would see those being crucified. Um, and they would take in maybe the warning in case they thought of rebelling themselves. Now, when the Lord Jesus was on the cross, there were seven cries in total, but we're only going to speak about the three of them in this episode. We want to spend some time thinking about Christ's suffering for us on the cross at this time of year. Now, it definitely should be a focus for us all the time, not specifically this time of year, but all the time. But of course, it gets a special mention during this Easter period. Hmm. Neither of us studied English Lit. But I kind of think we should have, Andrew. Um, so we're going to look at three um, three points. And we've also used a wee bit of alliteration um, to help both us and yourselves um, remember the three points that we're going to cover. So we're going to co- cover number one, forgiven. Number two, forsaken. And number three, finished. So the first one, forgiven. There's a verse in Luke 23, verse 34, that says, And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. Jesus, the very Lord Jesus, had just been erected on this cross. His hands and feet were brutally broken into by the long nails. The Roman guards who facilitated this agony were laughing and jesting at him. But Jesus, despite the pain, wasn't thinking about himself. But he was thinking about the sinners around him. He loved them so much. He wanted them to be brought to the Father, and so he spent his energy and breath pleading for the Father to forgive them. 
so often when someone causes us even a slight inconvenience, all we can think about is ourselves and that what injustice has been occurred against us, how we've been so mistreated. And yet we see this example of Jesus loving the very people that was publicly executing him. This Lord Jesus, the very great teacher, fulfilled his own teaching right there on the cross. It harkens back to when he was talking in Luke 6 when he says, But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who abuse you. The words of Jesus are, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So he's talking to the Father. But how could Jesus ask for forgiveness? Surely the cross hadn't happened yet. He was maybe, yes, on the cross, but he hadn't died yet. But I suppose this actually reminds us that God is outside of time. And to him, the whole ordeal, the agony, the price, it had all been paid. It had all occurred and the cross had been completed. Therefore, he could forgive the, the Roman guards around the cross at Jesus's request and Jesus's pleading. Jesus, he's the, the only innocent one. He's pleading for the guilty people around him. He didn't need to ask for forgiveness for himself at all. He hadn't broken the law at all, but the people around him had. The Roman soldiers thought this was just another regular day at the office. Yet they didn't realize that this death was going to change the course of human history forever. He died for those soldiers. It reminds me of a well-known verse in Romans, Romans 5.8, that says, But God shows his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Hmm. But it wasn't just the Jews, Pilots and the shoulders, the soldiers who acted wickedly. But it was all of our sin that was nailed to the cross at this point. It wasn't just the soldiers that were forgiven. He can forgive us as well. And if you're listening to this and you're a Christian, he has forgiven you already. It's amazing news. And that is something that we should never um, be callous to. That's something that should never grow dim in our hearts or ever lose the power of rejoicing um, when we hear a statement like that. Our sins are forgiven. If you haven't received Jesus as your own saviour, then why don't you accept him right now? Not only that, he also gives us the strength to forgive others. Do you remember back to the, it's mentioned in the Lord's Prayer as well. And after all, God forgives you if you've asked for forgiveness of your sins. God forgives you for all the sins that you've ever committed, whether from the greatest to the smallest. How we need all to remind ourselves of that daily. Uh, this hymn that I'm just about to quote sort of sums um, the forgiveness very well. It simply says this. Pardon from an offended God, pardon from sin of deepest dye, pardon bestowed through Jesus' blood, pardon that brings the rebel nigh. Who is a pardoning God like thee, or who is grace so rich and so free? So we've covered the first F, forgiven, and then we're going to go on to the second F, forsaken. And that brings us to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 27, verse 46. And it says the following. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cries out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? 
we can also read the same line um, being recorded in Mark's gospel as well. Now, to get a little bit um, personal uh, for just a second, um, I'll, I'll put this question, of course, to you, Simon, but people who are listening now, put it to yourselves as well and think about these things. Have you ever been abandoned, left alone, uh, far from the ones that love us? Yeah, I suppose, like, the first thing I think about was um, our holiday um, to the south of France. When I was about five or six, um, one of my favourite things about holidays wasn't going to the beach. <laughs> it wasn't going to the water parks. It was going to the supermarket. That's quite strange. And we, I remember going to this big car for um, like shopping um, centre place, and it was huge. Um, and we were going to pick up some baguettes, some lovely, still warm baguettes, and some watermelon. Um, two of my most favourite things. And I remember we all went with the family, um, but I remember walking past this huge collection of Lego, and I was just fascinated by it. I was fixated on it, and I couldn't take my eyes off it. So I just wanted to see every different collection, every single um, Lego figure that they had on offer. Um, but my parents must have got bored of watching me, or maybe they just didn't even notice I was um, I had stopped. So they continued on on their quest to find a watermelon. And then when I finally exited my trance of uh, my Lego and just trance, um, I turned around and the only people I saw were these scary, tall French people. Um, not that all French people are scary, but the ones definitely in that shop were. <laughs> were. Um, they didn't look friendly. They, um, there was no face that I recognized. There was none at all. I started crying, as I'm sure you can imagine. I was shouting uh, for my parents. I didn't know where they were at all. I was in this foreign country around people that I didn't recognize. I felt so alone. I felt abandoned. And I vividly remember that time. And I guess that's just an ounce, just a fraction um, of the abandonment that Jesus experienced on that cross. This very same Jesus who had shared intimacy for eternity past with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. I suppose we can ask ourselves the question, who had abandoned him? Well, his followers were all scattered. The Jews, the very people he had came to save, his people abandoned him also. And his own Father in heaven. But how could that how, how could that be possible if this is the same um, part of the Godhead, the second part, uh, uh, Jesus, God's Son, that shared intimacy for eternity past with God the Father? How was that possible for for God to abandon him at this time? I believe it's good to go to Second Corinthians um, chapter five, verse twenty-one, and I think that it really um, deals with this question and gives an answer to this question. It says the following, God made him, that's Jesus, God made Jesus who knew no sin to be sin for us. I'll read it again. God made him, God made Jesus who knew no sin, he's perfect, to be sin for us. Jesus didn't just bear the sin on the cross. No, this verse tells us that he became the very thing that separates us from God. He became the very thing his holy father hates. It sort of reminds me there of the psalm that you had um, read earlier in the episode. Uh, one of the parts that said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, but I find no rest. 
Yet you are wholly enthroned on the praises of Israel. Yet you are wholly enthroned on the praises of Israel. Because the Father was holy, that's why he abandoned his beloved Son on that middle tree on Calvary. To keep in with the theme of quoting um, a song, uh, I want to quote a verse up, um, from How Deep the Father's Love. Um, many of us will know it. How deep the Father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure, that he should give his only Son to make a wretch, that's us, his treasure. How great the pain of searing loss, and this is the sentence, the Father turns his face away, as wounds which mar the chosen one bring many sons to glory. Justice was served to sin on that cross. It required agony. It even, it, it even required death. Yet amidst the justice, there was the greatest voluntary injustice this universe will ever see. As the spotless one, the very Lamb of God, became blemished and crushed for you and for me. If you've accepted that Jesus did this for your sin, if you've repented from your sin, that held Jesus there, then you are redeemed. Praise God. You're free forevermore. Jesus took the judgment you deserve. We have two final points on this second F for second that we just want to share with you. I have to say that one of um, a very favorite verse of mine is found in 1 John 4, 18. It simply says this, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We should all come to the cross daily. When we do, we realize that love motivated it all. Perfect love for you. This should affect us in our Christian life. It should cast fears from our heart because we know that we will never face judgment because we are covered by that precious blood that was shed. And secondly, um, just to finish off the, the second points, uh, he was abandoned so that we never have to be. He died to free us from ourselves and he has poured his spirit into us um, and we are regenerate creatures. We can praise his name um, for that truth. So we will never be alone in this world. No matter whoever turns against us, whoever changes their mind about us, Jesus, and this is quoting from James, so this is our one Reference back to James, so still some uh, aspect of James here. So it says, Jesus yearns jealously over you. He has paid a great price to have you. And he will not stop upholding you in his right hand. And that's what we throw back to our very first psalm and that we, we talked about in episode one. So the first step was forgive. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. The second death was forsaken. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And the final F that we want to discuss is finished. There's a verse in John 19.30 which says, When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. It is finished. Simon, what had finished? Lots. <laughs> I suppose like... The war on sin had finished. The power of the devil had finished. The sting of death had finished. The curse on humanity had finished. 
the separation between God and man had finished. All of it had finished. What a victory in the shout of Jesus. It is finished. The verse then says, he bowed his head. Now a servant bows before his master. And Jesus was ultimately and finally bowing to the Father's will. You'll remember in the Garden of Gethsemane, where those great drops of blood um, that poured out there in the in the garden, how he said, not my will be done, but yours. He bowed to the Father's will. He bowed his head in death. The price he paid to honestly say those three little words, it is finished. There's a verse in Romans 12, 2 that says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. As Christians, this verse should be very dear to all of us. It tells us how to worship God acceptably, to lay down our lives as a living sacrifice. We should follow the example of Jesus, our Savior, as he submitted himself, and he gave his whole being, he gave his life for us, for the will of the Father. So with this extra time on our hands during this quarantine and this time of self-isolation, let us lay down our lives for God's use. It is finished. Do you live like he meant it? Do you live in the finality of those three simple words? Stop for a second just wherever you are and just praise him for the price he paid for your soul and to know that you're his. Finally, we're going to talk about, um, or just reference a verse um, from Man of Sorrows. Lifted up was he to die. It is finished, was his cry. Now in heaven, exalted high. Hallelujah. What a saviour. Absolutely. I know this has been a bit of a change from the usual, or could we even say usual that we're we're only three episodes in? Um, However, we thought um, it felt right to take ourselves back and remember what he did for us on the cross. Now, of course, currently we're all going through a lot with um, situations outside our control, and we're not even going to try and pretend for a second we know what various people listening to this are going through. But we just pray that all of our hopes will be that we will all get our eyes fixated back on the cross And to remember this simple thing that it was enough that Jesus died and that he died for me. Okay, thank you for tuning in for episode three uh, of the Good Fight podcast. Feel free to leave any feedback, any comments, any recommendations, anything we can improve um, or whether one of us should shave our head. Um, Also share with your friends and family. Um, So until next time, God bless.